Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. All right, let me welcome her back. And it was cool. I had so many listeners. I was just new on the program, basically a year in. And there were so many people like, we, you know, we need to know more about menopause. And I wasn't going through menopause, so I didn't care really. Uh, But now, now I care. (laughs) I care deeply. And so I want to talk more. And it was funny because when I reached out to her, because that's just what I do. I go online, I'm researching who's the best. And she was like, I haven't really done radio before. Are you sure? I was like, yeah, you, you're the best at this. Come on in. And you were so nervous. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. We will not, we will get through this. And you were amazing. And I don't know why I took this long, except I'm now going through stuff. So I want to know for myself what's going on family physician specializes in menopause reproductive health gynecology and wellness care at village women's health in new york let me welcome dr yale swika hi welcome back hi so nice to see you and hear you again yes 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 we were just having this conversation we had a doula on uh before you came on Mm-hmm. We were talking about, you know, the the disparity in healthcare, particularly for Black women, and yeah. you know the you know the large numbers of you know C sections and the low birth rate and all of that. Um, but that's not why you're here, even though you can talk to all of that unless you want to really quickly. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it's important to talk about menopause because menopause hits black women and Hispanic women harder than it does um, white women. So is that a, is that a fact? So why is that? Dr. Why is, well, I, you know, it, 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 many factors go into it and it's not altogether clear, but we, we know this from, from research. Um, one study in particular called the the SWAN trial followed uh, 3,300 women from across the U.S. from uh, different uh, racial and ethnic groups. And so um, and they've been followed since 1996. And, um, and from the study, we learned that, um, as well as the other studies, but that this is this is the, the main one, that, um, that menopause... Um, uh, uh, black women and Hispanic women, but more so black women, menopause comes earlier, about average nine months earlier than for white women. Um, that um, black and Hispanic women suffer from hot flashes longer than um, than white women. Um, um, and uh, average for black women is about 10 years, for white women, six to seven. Um, and, uh, and the earlier menopause, um, and more severe menopause, you know, p- potentially has, um, more long-term, uh, health consequences for black women than, um, for white, which is not to say that white women don't have long-term health consequences associated with, um, with menopause, but, uh, but for, uh, black women who, um, uh, if your menopause is sooner, it, essentially our, our estrogen protects our hearts and, um, and our brains and, uh, keeps our hearts healthier longer. That's why you tend to associate heart attacks with men more than women. But, uh, by 10 years after menopause, we're just as likely to have heart attacks as men. Um, and so you asked before, you know, why is it, why is it worse for black women? You know, it, it, it's not clear. It's some combination of, um, genetics, uh, maybe stress, uh, the way uh, uh, black women are subjected to maybe more stress or the way their bodies experience stress. Um, it's complicated. Um, but what I can tell you is that, that, it's tr- that it's true. I can't tell you exactly why it's so. Um, but what's also true is that black women are less likely to be treated for menopause 
And that's a big problem. Uh, less likely to leave the doctor with a prescription for hormone therapy. Um, and, and, um, and perhaps less likely to be knowledgeable um, about, um, about hormone therapy. Um, so uh, it's an important topic to cover. So that's why you're here, Dr. Yale Swiggins yeah. here. Uh, VillageWomensHealth.com is where you can go. So let's start with, because uh, you don't typically think of menopause also leading to negative health outcomes. You think that that is the change of life. It is the cycle of life. So let's start with like, what are the potential health risks associated with going through menopause? Well, when we lose our estrogen, so we think about what estrogen does for us. So um, besides sort of feminizing um, us, uh, estrogen uh, uh, protects our hearts. So as I mentioned before, we're less likely to um, have heart attacks than men are significantly less likely um, uh, in, until about 10 years from, from after menopause. So we have protection for a while. Um, and uh, women are much more likely to develop dementia than men. So uh, about three to one. So, uh, and so what, you know, why is that? It's not because women live longer. It's, it's truly that women are more likely to develop dementia. And the hypothesis, I mean, the idea is that women's brains probably begin to, begin to age sooner because of menopause. Um, when we so lose our we, estrogen. Uh, so, yeah, so what, so what, wait, hold on time. Define yeah. what is menopause? Menopause, you, you, you don't have a period or a period associated with an ovulation. So not just bleeding, but, but bleeding that, that, that follows an ovulation uh, during, you know, during when the, the woman does not become pregnant. Okay. So, so, so 12 months without a period. Is so I, I want to speak to menopause and to the glory of being a, a woman, because I, I spend a good part of my life traveling the world, talking about the sacred feminine. So we XX chromosome people are the ones who bleed and do not die. Okay. That is a powerful, powerful thing. We bleed and do not die. Um, in my spiritual practice, we think of menopause as the change uh -huh. and that what is required is that something must change. One of my friends said, it's like spring cleaning, only it's people. And so I would say that this is where racism and poverty impact black and Hispanic women the most because they can't make a change. So menopause for me was glorious. I loved my hot flashes. I would have them in the middle of a Bikram class. It was, it's like all the power that I've been giving, raising children, having husbands, doing all this stuff, suddenly came back to me. And it was like, oh, I am a force to be reckoned with. I have more power than I have ever had in my life. And I can do whatever I want to do with it. But that's because I'm a woman of privilege and I have choices. So if you don't have that and you suddenly have all this power and all this energy and now it's feeding back on itself. It's like Caroline from Carolina Change, which is a show I did where you have the power to run a small country and you are relegated to working at this five and dime. What does having this power do to you when there is no place for you to release it and into a world that wants to deny you autonomy over your body. Well, I, I, I'm, you know, thrilled for you that you're able to experience menopause that way. You know, I wish, I wish that all, you know, all women could, you know, of any race, ethnic background, we could all experience it that way. Um, but, you know, it, it is 
you know, we know that like it, hot flashes and intensity of hot flashes also associated with blood pressure issues. And, and though you, and I'm very glad that you can experience them, them positively, but there are physiologically, meaning in the body, some negative aspects associated with them. So I, I'm not, I'm not saying that menopause, menopauses are really welcome for many women a really welcome experience, not just because they're, they're free from having to use contraception and worrying about pregnancy um, uh, and free from this, like the cycle that like just the, the tethers them to, to, to moods or, or, or physical distress, you know? So it, there's a lot of freedom associated with menopause. It's a wonderful state, can be a wonderful stage of life, but, but many women experience a lot of distress and have a very hard time and start to have terrible trouble with their sleep, with their mood, sex becomes very painful. They can lose their libidos. They can feel, um, you know, and they can feel just like very depressed. And um, so on the one hand, yes, there, there should be avenues open for celebration and culturally women are really in our culture deprived of those avenues for, you know, for a variety of reasons. But, but at, at the same time, it's also a, a critical time in, in, in a woman's transition to in her health. So, and, you know, it, it's, it's complicated. Um, so we're here, you know, everybody's experience, we all got fingerprints for a reason. Everybody is a body, different bodies roll differently. I want to provide everybody with the opportunity to, to, to get the help that they need. 866-801-8255, get the tools that they need to live their best lives. So Dr. Yelswick, uh, you are here from a medical standpoint, what is a hot flash? What is, just define these things so that people can know intellectually, what is this? What am I going through? Right, so what is a hot flash actually, or how do you know if you're having a hot flash? Both, both, define it. How does how does it physiologically show up and why? So, and then yeah, so, yeah, so why do they happen? So, well, so, so firstly, I mean, if, it, a woman knows when she's having a hot flash because it's just, it's this, it, it can, it can present anywhere from like a, a kind of like this prickly sensation and in certain parts of the body or the whole body. Um, it can feel like an itch. It can feel like, like ants crawling on you. It can feel, it could feel like it, it can be preceded by panic or anxiety just sort of. And then, and then, and then you start getting really hot and sweaty, but it, but in general, it's, it's something that feels like unfamiliar and, 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 um, and, and I guess some women can embrace that, that experience, but, but for many women, it's overwhelming and, um, dismaying and intrusive. If it happens like in the middle of, you know, while you're at work, you know, trying to present something or, um, or just standing in the subway or, you know, just, it, it can it really be difficult. And, and so, you know, what is a hot, hot flash actually? So what's what, well, we didn't understand what they were or why they happened until fairly recently, uh, which is exciting that we have some sense of an idea of why they, why they happen. And, Essentially, it's because the temperature, the area of the brain that, that regulates temperature is very, very close to the part of the brain that regulates fertility or ovulation. And um, as we get 
closer to menopause. So that time of life called perimenopause, which can be anywhere from one to 10 years before menopause actually happens. Um, so, um, so during that time, there's a hormone that released by the brain that can increase, that starts to go up. It's called FSH. Any woman who's been through any kind of fertility treatment will be familiar with FSH, follicle stimulating hormone. And, um, and that hormone, if the ovaries are not as responsive, because that's what starts to happen, that the ovaries are kind of start to uh, become, the eggs become less responsive to the brain's cues to ovulate because there's an com important communication between the brain and the ovaries. If the ovaries are less responsive, then the, the, the brain starts to release more FSH. And that FSH, where it's released from in the brain is very close to the temperature regulating area of the brain. As that FSH, FSH goes up and up and starts to really get quite high, there's kind of a spillover and stimulates those temperature, the, the temperature regulating part of the brain and things get out of whack. And so we can start to, and it's part of the brain called the hypothalamus. And so, so when the temperature regulating part of the brain becomes kind of out of whack, we can start to experience the, these symptoms of like terrible heat and feeling freezing and feeling really hot. And it's, it's a type of dysregulation that occurs. Okay. And is that, uh, does that lead to something else or is just a discomfort? Is that like how you well, talked about the lack of estrogen can, can hurt the heart? Can uh, hurt the yeah. Brain? So, so right. So, so those half, I mean, the, 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 the best treatment we have for that, and there are other treatments that are non-hormonal in, in the pipeline, but the best, most effective treatment we have for those for what night sweats and hot flashes is estrogen. All right. I'm, I'm totally resistant to taking any kind of medicine, as I mentioned before, including, uh, but your body makes estrogen. it's not like, you know, your body's never made valerian roots, you know, it's never made. I know, I know, but I'm just saying me personally, and I haven't, and I'm fine. Like, you know, heart's perfect. Blood pressure's perfect. Everything's perfect. I don't really have hot flashes. I don't have hot flashes. So what, what, what happens when you don't have hot flashes? What, you know, because so, fine. So about a third of women kind of sail through menopause. They really don't have symptoms and it's just, it's so wonderful. That's, it's great. But, um, but in terms of long-term health consequences, um, there's still uh, increased risk for, um, for, for heart attack that, that uh, you know, 10 years from menopause that, that appears, uh, osteoporosis, um, because estrogen protects our bones. So you don't associate uh, osteoporosis with men because men make, they have larger skeletons. That's one, but also they make uh, testosterone lifelong. You know, men can reproduce lifelong, right? But, but, but when we stop ovulating, we stop producing, it's the eggs that make our estrogen. So if we're not ovulating anymore, those eggs are no longer producing estradiol. That's our potent form of estrogen. And so the estrogen protects our bones. Um, and so once we start, stop making it, we, we lose a uh, considerable amount of bone mass with, uh, within a year of menopause. So um, I, I didn't sail through men menopause. I bled like a slasher film. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I would have chunks of meat okay. coming out. Yeah. During perimenopause. Yeah. The bleeding um, can become terrible. And also for, for black women, the ble bleeding is even worse for, for white women and white women can bleed. Believe me, they can bleed too, but it's worse in general for black women. And the doctor wanted to put me on something, maybe it begins with an M Metro something, 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 some kind of something to deal with the bleeding. Cause she said, when you, bleed too much, or I don't know what it was, but she said, when you bleed too right. much, 
your body can be, the cells are turning over too fast. It can become cancer, you know, all the things. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm not into medicine. So I said, okay, if you were telling me this to become cancer, I will try this pill. I tried that pill for about two weeks. That pill made me suicidal. Oh yeah. So I told her we were going to do wild gam. I'm going to do wild gam. And so that's what we switched to. We switched to wild gam. Yeah. And what the hell is wild gam? Yam, 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 like in sweet potato. Yes. As well on this Wednesday, Dr. Yo Suika has come through. She's a specialist in menopause and we have a bunch of people online and in the queue ready to talk to you. I want to get honey sped. Uh, Erica L on Twitter says, Karen, myself, my grandmother and my aunt all had premature menopause. I started at 32 years old. I had hormone therapy and now I'm post menopausal at 54. Imagine that. How does that happen? Dr. Yell? How does that happen? How that postmenopause that, that you go from being, uh, going into menopause at 32 and then on the other side, how do, is that normal? I guess what is normal? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, 32 menopause, you know, under 45 is young and under 41 is premature. And that happens. And we call that premature ovarian insufficiency. And, um, you know, and women should, should get hormones, um, to help again, prevent, um, cause we know women who don't get hormones are more likely to develop health problems earlier, um, uh, regardless of race across, you know, all groups, um, if, if they don't get, um, estrogen through usually through age 51 is what's recommended. Um, to, to Tanya's point, uh, with the yams, what, cause I've read that too, that yams are great for vaginal health and all, uh, relief from menopause and, and a host of other things, eating yams. What do you know well, about that? Not very much, except that, um, so yeah, yam or wild yams, um, the, there's a, a, a component of wild yams that actually is used to, to produce um, estradiol or estrogen um, in pharmaceutical products. So there is an estrogen like, um, I guess you in really high concentrations probably um, effect. So, so I think that's what, where that comes from. Uh, I just want to mention in terms of website that I wouldn't go to like my website for great information. And the best website to go to is from the North American Menopause Society. And that's menopause.org. Just, you just Google menopause.org. And that's where really the most reliable, non-gimmicky, no one's trying to sell you anything, or no one's trying to make you anxious about where you are in life. That's, that's the website to go to for good information, good evidence-based information. Okay. okay. Let's go to Sherry in Cleveland, Ohio. You're on. Welcome. Um, good afternoon, ladies. Um, just a few questions. Well, just one specific question for Dr. Um, as far as exercise, is there any particular exercise that, so I'm dealing with, I still have my ovaries, but no uterus. So I've been having a lot of um, hot flashes just as of recently um, and all the other things that I'm now going through getting my blood levels checked, with my blood checked for my hormone levels. But in mm-hmm. the meantime, any exercises you can target it is weightlifting, you know, weight training, better than the cardio as far as menopause effects, hormones. Right. 
That, that's a great question. And so probably you, you don't have your ovaries, so it's hard for you to know when you're going through. I mean, you, you have your ovaries, but you don't have your uterus, right? So, so it's hard for you to know exactly when you're going through menopause, but you're having symptoms, right? So you're, you're probably going through it now. And, um, and so one thing that, that does happen as we age um, is that we lose muscle mass. And so it's really important. And we go through menopause, we can lose muscle mass. So it's important as you mentioned, uh, weight training, um, can be very helpful and it's important for building muscle mass and for maintaining weight. Cause a lot of women put on a lot of weight during the, what we call the menopausal transition and, um, weight training is very helpful and aerobic exercise is very important for the brain and for the heart. I was just, uh, thinking, uh, when I work out, when I'm swimming on a regular basis and I'm lifting weights, I had even, you know, when I was getting my period regularly, no problems ever. And I, I feel as if, you know, some of the things that happen, we could exacerbate, you know, help ourselves out by changing our diet. If, oh, yeah. if you, you know, remove the fats, the greasy stuff from your diets, talk a little bit about that, Dr. Swinkle. Yeah, I think, yeah, because, you know, I have friends and patients too, who don't, who don't want to use hormone therapy, even though I'm, you know, big fan as you can hear, but, um, but not all women want to do that. And it's a, and it's a very personal choice. Um, so things that you can do that will certainly uh, help you feel better is get rid of packaged foods. Don't eat anything that your great grandmother wouldn't have recognized as food. Stay away. That's not food. It's being marketed to you to like, like be food, but it's not. So try to do as much of your own cooking as possible. Double to triple your vegetable intake. All right. Eat fish, eat, especially the small fish, uh, you know, the smaller fish that don't have the, the mercury that the bigger fish, you know, accumulate in their tissues. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, eat lean meats, um, uh, chicken and, um, lamb, and if you're going to eat red meat, then, you know, try your best for it to be, uh, you know, the grass fed happier animal. Um, uh, you know, just try to avoid industrialized beef if you can, um, and protect your sleep. Very important, whatever you can to protect your sleep. So that said, minimize how much you drink because drinking wreaks havoc on sleep. And as we get older, you know, many of us women, we don't metabolize, we don't, we don't, our bodies don't clear alcohol as well as they used to. And sleep is, and alcohol is very bad for sleep. So yeah, drink, I, I was watching, I'm um, sorry, uh, the CBS Sunday morning, Jane Fonda said that exact same thing. Like she, you know, she's in her eighties and she was like, yeah, I can't drink the way I, you know, it's like the alcohol, no. it takes me too long to recover. And she said, I don't have that much time. So I don't want to spend a day recovering instead yeah. of living. I thought that was poignant. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. And we know she partied. So, you know, so, and yeah, so just really limit, you know, use alcohol to celebrate, not to medicate. Okay. And, and so just be really careful about alcohol intake and exercise, move that body. Our bodies were made to move in and move it as much as you can say yes to any opportunity to move more. I love it. All right. Robin in Maryland, Baltimore. Hi, Robin. Welcome. Come on, Robin. All right. We, the, we, the lines are lit. So I'm going to put Robin on hold, go to Barbara in Little Rock, Arkansas, Barbara in Little Rock. Welcome. Hello, Carolyn. Hi. Um, I want to um uh, the, the the doctor that you have there um uh, that I hear was talking about um um 
you know, the hormones and uh, hot flashes and all that and how the, uh, black women suffer more from this. What I didn't hear her say was she need to, uh, I've been doing a lot of research, 10 years. I got a lot of information. That is associated with vitamin D deficiency. I've been hearing some on vitamin D, but they really, really haven't really uh, got into it the way I have. And they need to get the book on it because the lady out of New York, Emily Allison Francis, the one that did the 40 years of research, took five years to put the book together. It's in detail. She is going around speaking at uh, black college and universities and churches on this, and a lot of these these problems that they're talking about mm-hmm. is associated with deficient vitamin D and iodine. We were is talking about talk- that as it relates to COVID, uh, the COVID recovery as well, Doctor Swicker. What do you know about? And, and cancer. Yep, Tanya, and cancer, vitamin D deficiency, Doctor Swicker. So- yeah, I, I mean, vitamin D deficiency, vitamin D is, is important for immune function. It's important for bone health. Um, low vitamin D levels are associated with more um, called, uh, something called bacterial vaginosis, so, um, it, which is a, a kind of an overgrowth of bacteria in the, in the vagina. Um, I, it, low vitamin D is associated with poor energy and mood. Uh, you also have to be careful about taking too much vitamin D. Uh, so, uh, but, but, but deficiency is an issue and, um, uh, you know, we don't spend enough time outdoors and, you know. I want, I want to say that modern medicine, uh, because they, 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 are, you have been trained to, to treat everybody the same and everybody is not the same. And, and, uh, you know, it, it makes it almost a built-in bias because you have to take into consideration what does vitamin D deficiency look like in a black body that absorbs the, the, mm-hmm. the sun differently. It's, you know, it is really uh, something yeah. that I think, you know, to this caller's point, we don't spend enough time and particularly in the medical field, because it's all this kind of agnostic, let's treat everyone the same. And we're not the same. We're just not. And um, for me, I am in a place that is sunny all the time. And I just did all my, my test work and I was still deficient in vitamin D. So even though I'm out in the sun a couple of hours a day, every day, my D was so low. Yeah. How low was your D? I don't even remember, but it was a little low. My, my, my homeopathic osteopath was like, you could take a little D. Yeah. I mean, it may, it, it, you may have something to... else. My yeah. doctor didn't say I needed any D. Yeah. My homeopathic osteopath. So my doctor felt my D was fine. My homeopathic osteopath felt I needed some D. You know, I, I don't know. You're saying a lot today, Tanya. Um, that uh, I appreciate. All right, Robin, <laughs> I'm sorry, Doctor Swicker, you want to say That's something? Good. I don't know. Don't no, no, okay. no, no, no. Robin, Robin in Maryland, call back. Welcome, Baltimore. Thank Hi. You so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, so I just wanted to say, um, in the medical field, I think sometimes uh, the statistics that come out, we have to provide some validity to some of these statistics because it, we need to create some context around it. The reason why I said it is because, you know, it's black. When, when, when statistics come out, black people are always the worst to get whatever the issue is where we had the highest rates of this, the highest rates of that. And I know we talked about, or Karen, you talked about earlier, um, C-section. And I wanted to let you guys know that I am a mom of three C-sections. All of my children were born via C-section. Um, and the reason why was I, I tried a bad reverse for all of them. And for whatever, you know, for many different reasons, I couldn't. 
and I was very heartbroken by it. But um, my last C-section, um, and this is regarding pain, my last C-section, you know, the doctors gave me all this pain medication. And because I had experienced that type of pain before, I was still in a lot of pain. But because I had two other children to take care of, I just dealt with the pain. And not because it, it didn't feel bad. It was it was horrible. But and sometimes we just, and I'm a mom who can, I mean, my, my, my husband is there, but I didn't have, like, a mom to help with my kids. So I had to get up. You know, right. I wanted to be in the bed, but I had to get up. Right. And I feel like sometimes, you know, if I was being asked about my pain, you know, we would probably diminish the level of pain because we may not have the, the, the help or we right. just have to do. Robin, um, we, we, we have less than 30 seconds, and that's a whole other show that we need to do. And before I let Dr. Swicker go, there's a question about bariatric surgery as well, you know, in menopause. How, how does that work? Um Maybe you can't, maybe you have to come back. Cause I, I don't think you can answer these in 30 seconds. Uh, but the website menopause.org. And if people want to go to your facility, if they are in the New York city area and you service New York city. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yes. New York city. Um, I see patients, other places too, but yeah, my practice is, in, is based in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And, and the website again. So I don't have to look oh, it's at dot, com. Thank you. Menopause.org. That's where you should go for good information. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.